Welcome, Des, aka Nina de la Flores. What yes. is up? What's going on? How are Nothing. you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Super Just chilling at home right now. I'm excited to finally be on because we have to reschedule this like two times because of my uh, negligence. Hey, don't, go, <laughs> no. don't go telling people I've been soft. <laughs> Listen, like, but I'm it's here right. and I'm happy I'm hey. here. We are happy to have you here. I know the people who follow you are super excited to kind of hear from you in kind of a, kind of a different way. Because, you know, like social media, Instagram, Twitter, that kind of stuff, where yeah. you be shooting off at the mouth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> th- those things are cool, but sometimes you don't really get to hear a person's full thought, a person's full yeah. heart. I mean, on Twitter is only so many characters. Instagram right. is only so many seconds you can record. Um, so definitely excited to have you on. Uh, people get to hear a little bit about you. Um, for those who do not know, um, Des, a.k.a. Nina De La Flores, on Instagram is a firearms trainer out of Arkansas. Um, Little Rock, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Here's your Arkansas area. Uh, yes, ma'am. And we are super excited to have you on because, you know, there's not a lot of people who are in your role doing the things that you do. And it seems like the people love you. So definitely want to have you on. Uh, let people hear what you have to say. Yeah. Yes, Let's go. So, All right. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? So my name is Destiny. Um, I live in Little Rock, Arkansas. I was raised in Little Rock, Arkansas. And as of July, June, July, last year during the pandemic is when I officially became a firearms instructor. So like as in a, a certified instructor, like I had uh, credentials behind me at that point. Previously, I would just, you know, help out and train my family members, whatever, just informal based on what I knew, like the basic safety, teaching them how to be safe with guns after they bought them, all that, but it was nothing formal until then. So uh, since then, I've just been training majority, majority women in Little Rock, and I'm pretty sure that's just because I'm a woman, <laughs> so a lot of women feel more comfortable coming to me. I didn't expect it to like, um, I'm not going to say it boomed because I'm kind of still in like startup stages, but I didn't ex- expect to get as much business as I've been getting just because I'm a woman and this is like a male dominated industry. So in yeah. my head, I was thinking, you know, people will be like, oh, it's a woman. She doesn't really know what she's doing or what she's talking about. So I'm not going to trust her. And it's been quite the opposite. So I'm really happy about that. And um, other than that, I don't know, outside of firearms is the thing that I like. I just, Chilling with my family, chilling with my dog. Really simple. I don't do too much. I just vibes. <laughs> like that's it. There you go. There you go. Well, um, yeah, it, it is interesting to see more women kind of getting into the space. Last year, we had, I think, sixty percent of the new firearms owners were women. Um, yeah. So obviously, there, you know, if we're just talking business, there is a market for um, for you to get into the space to make sure that you're providing the, the essential services for people um, who would desire and who would seek out instruction, but maybe instruction um, from somebody who they can relate to, somebody they can vibe right. a little bit better with. And I'm not saying anything negative about my bros because you know there's a lot of good dudes out there that I I, I personally know who I know a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, who who kill it. Like they can teach. They can teach teach. But at the end of the day, maybe they're they're a little too tactical for them. 
maybe you know and it just they don't vibe the right way so definitely appreciate you bringing something like that to the market um let's talk a little bit about that experience though that experience and you um becoming a, a, an instructor but i want to talk about kind of like when you first got into guns like how did you start um how i really started is my husband he's my boyfriend at the time um, he took me to a concealed carry class for my 21st birthday. And when I went to the class, just being honest, it was not that helpful, but it was intriguing. And I don't know if that's simply because I couldn't relate to my instructor. I, I had a um, like an older white man was my concealed carry instructor. And it was kind of just like, so the class was, it felt like he was just checking off boxes during class. It wasn't like, really engaging and then I kind of felt like a lot of the time during class he wasn't talking to me so I felt like he was talking to the men and then when the women had a question it was oh like ask your husband or he'll tell you when you get home <laughs> like like stuff like mm. that so I was just like okay I mean I got my license but I'm still not comfortable so I just kept you know going to the range by myself trying to figure it out which I don't recommend but that's what I was doing like at the time and then I finally had a a couple years ago, an instructor at my local range kind of, you know, helped me tweak my shooting skills a little bit better. So um, before that point, I had always considered becoming an instructor because I already had so many friends and family members thinking like, even though I was a beginner myself, they hadn't even started. <laughs> so it's like mm -hmm. I knew more than they knew. So they were yeah. coming to me for assistance. And I'm just like, Ugh. I mean, I can tell you what I know, the little bit that I know, but I don't get paid for this. So eventually it was just like, you know, why don't I just actually train and perfect my skills and go for being an instructor, like whatever. It's not that many um, female instructors here in Little Rock to begin with, especially not black female instructors. So it was kind of like, also um, Tig, Marshall Davis was a huge inspiration for me when I was deciding to become an instructor up until the point where I found her Instagram. I was just like, yeah, I want to do that, but that's not my lane. I'm going to stay in my lane. <laughs> and then I mm -hmm. found her Instagram and I found, um, uh, Danny defensive unicorns and, oh, I, yeah, 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 yeah uh, Lou tactical. So I started Lou. following them and I'm like, okay, this is my lane too. Let me go ahead and, uh, try to get certified to do this. So they send the other women in 2A play a huge role in helping me get started or deciding to finally get started. And yeah. then it was just up from here. Yeah, well, I know recently you actually went full time into this yeah. as, as a full time trainer, which there's a lot of folks who, who for various reasons can't or just don't make it a full time gig. Uh, at what point, just business wise, did you decide that it was a good move for you to dedicate all your time? It was kind of just, you know, like stepping out on faith. I'm not at a certain point in my business, just being honest, where like I probably. If I did this based on common sense, I should be <laughs> solely relying on this free income. But this is the thing. I'm not in it by myself. Like, I have a husband who fully supports what, what I want to do. And so, obviously, he's being supportive and helping me in that regard. It didn't really have anything to do with my success in my business. It was more so, like, my being fed up with corporate America. <laughs> and I was finally hey. just like, you know... Um, I'm not doing this no more. Like, I'm not doing this no more. So I finally just resigned from my job and I was just half first into training. And it's actually been more lucrative since I quit. And I don't know if, if I mean, it's probably a direct correlation. I have more time to put into it. So obviously yeah. the more time I put in, the more I get out. So 
Mm-hmm. I don't regret this decision at all. Yeah, now that that is interesting because, like you said, you know, you were doing okay before, but then you decided, hey, I'm done with I'm done with the conventional job. Too I'm done with trading yeah. trading my time for your money. Like it's not worth it. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do this because yeah. I know I'm good at this. And then obviously, because you have more time and energy, and the the stress of spreading yourself thin is is not. It's not so much there. Exactly. Um, you can you can dive dive into it and you know just kill it. And lately, obviously, you have been doing really well. Um, you've been blowing up all over the place. You know, every time you post something, it's all over well, the place. So, yeah, no, it's a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to see folks like you, like Lou, like uh, Defensive Unicorn, like Tig, Marshall Davis, aka uh, My Sister's Keeper Defense. For those who um, care, to, care to look them up, it's good to see them in the industry doing big things. And there's there's a long list of uh, females, um, wow. black, white, and otherwise in the industry killing it. But of course, it's it is especially cool to see um, black women in the in the game. And being that I didn't grow up seeing that. So yeah, definitely cool. me either. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your experience so far in the firearms game, because um, I mean, elephant in the room, you are a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, for those who maybe hadn't noticed um, <laughs> that, that said, getting into the firearms world, it has been a male dominated sport, like period. And there's there's a lot of aspects of 2A. Um, there's a lot of aspects, yeah. aspects of the firearms industry. And you are uh, a key piece of that industry, which is training. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, industry is kind of the, the yucky word, like, oh, industry. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, without you, you have a lot of people out there um, having accidents, g- getting injured, a lot of people who need supervision, mm-hmm. a lot of people who need that next step of instruction. Um, so how how has it been kind of jumping into the world of 2A? I know there's a lot of um, guys who have opinions about yeah. <laughs> women's roles in 2A and I'm not even saying oh just trash the guys but if you want to I don't care let's get spicy with it you know I try but. not to do that like especially not the black men they get enough of that I try not to trash the guys but it is annoying sometimes and I don't think that that they're coming from a place of like um hate when they're trying to you know give me tips and opinions sometimes I, I flat out say on my post like I'm welcoming them because I really don't know that much about this but if it's something that I'm obviously speaking on because I have experience with it, then it's my experience. So you can't come in and tell me how I should be thinking based on my experience. Sorry, that's my dog. But, you know, I really don't mind it. It doesn't bother me. Uh, I'm not going to say, like, as much as it bothers other people. You can't tell people what they should be upset by. But, I mean, it doesn't bother me that much. I just take what I need and leave the rest try to stay objective, like, that's it. I just don't really get in my feelings about it. But um, the 2A community as a whole has been a lot more welcoming than I thought it would be, uh, like I was saying before, as a woman. Because I I was kind of expecting to always be told, like, this is in my lane, or to, like, never be taken seriously because I'm a female. And so that, that just hasn't been my experience so far. It's almost like people or a certain demographic of people flock to me because solely because I'm a woman. It's like they don't even really and and I definitely demonstrate to them that I'm not just a woman in two A, I'm a woman in two A mm-hmm. who knows what I'm doing, but it's like it's, a lot of them don't even care. It's just like you know, a little bit about guns and so uh I'm gonna come to you. And I don't always I'm not gonna say I don't like that, but sometimes it feels like people are coming to me for the wrong reasons. 
Mm-hmm. The point is they're coming. But yeah, you know which, what I mean. Which yeah. is good. Yeah, no, it's it's important that they do show up, but there is something about it. It's like, okay, I is it am I here? And am, am I being accepted? Am I being reached out to because of my I guess identity? Right. Or is it because I'm qualified? Right. Because I'm good. Yeah. And I think it's the first one at first and then later they realize the second one and so that's why they keep like continue coming back. Yeah. But Definitely, um, I've noticed that. <laughs> so, uh, actually, when I first uh, got started trying to become an instructor, I did have a couple people who flat out didn't want to help me, like, mm. like at all. And they were men, obviously. And they were like, like? Uh, they were instructors in Arkansas or like mm-hmm. ranch owners, ranch employees or whatever. I would ask them questions, and it's almost like they would uh, omit information on purpose so I couldn't really? really get the full picture and maybe so they wouldn't have the competition like I don't know but I, I experienced that only twice when I was getting started but um yeah, after but I did officially enough. become yeah after I did officially become an instructor it's like I didn't really have that problem whenever I had questions people poured into me they answered my questions they plugged me in on um whatever resources that they used and people were just overall like really helpful um most people were happy to see a woman in the industry taking it seriously, not like just a woman with guns trying to be cute or like trying to like appease her husband. Like he wanted me to have one. So like someone actually taking it seriously. So I didn't run into a lot of trouble, actually. I can't say that it was like um, disheartening type of trouble that I ran into. It was just kind of like minor inconveniences, whatever. I'm going to keep going because this is what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's important and I'm glad you I'm glad you said what you said. Um because the fact of the matter is whether somebody's trying to get into the two A industry or is in the in the, in the industry and trying to really kill it, trying to really offer an amazing product or services, however you however you call it, we need people to be accepting and inviting because the two A industry or the, the the community of uh Second Amendment, um, whether it's the Black 2A or just standard, you know, across the board 2A, we need more good people in it who are qualified, who are willing to fight and train, um, right. period, period. Uh, and so just on that subject, what do you think that we can do, um, whether it be at our level, just kind of regular people having a conversation? Because, you know, I don't know if you all know, I'm just a regular guy. I'm really not <laughs> anything special. Um, and for yourself, I'm, I'm sure you'd say the same, except, you, you know, you do have some certs. You do have some qualifications. A couple. That doesn't always mean anything, but... You know, it don't. But yeah. what do you think the, the 2A um, infrastructure, the, the people at the top can kind of do to help encourage people towards the bottom and people on the outside to come in and just really take advantage of, first of all, their Second Amendment right, their, their right to defend themselves, which is... You know, I don't know. A lot of people aren't going to like to hear this. The right to yeah. defend yourself is more important than the Second Amendment. Yeah. What? Did he just say that? I did. <laughs> um, and what do you think they can do to really just say, like, hey, we are interested in bringing people in? I think uh, a lot of the time where the 2A community goes wrong, and even I catch myself doing this sometimes because you get so, like, caught up. Like, you're passionate about it. You want yeah. people to, like, not rely on the same government they say they don't trust. And then, mm-hmm. like, you want to get them, you know, armed and trained and all that. Plus, it's like it, your business depends on it. So I feel like where a lot of 2A people go wrong is their delivery. 
So maybe change that up a bit so people feel more welcome um, coming into this realm, you know? Yeah. I feel like some people can be uh, forceful. I'm trying to choose my words carefully. Some people well, can be... Maybe be, li- maybe be a little less careful with the word <laughs> delivery. Um, I try to, because I'm a person who tries to always like think before I speak, and it doesn't always, like if I'm really riled up, it doesn't, I don't always do that. But for the most part, I try to. So that's why I'm like, yeah, I'm well, trying to choose We, we definitely want to let people know exactly what you're talking about exactly I, I, I think i know what you're talking about but um you said people could be a little less forceful are you talking about like like the the hardcore gung-ho 2a guys you know my right type figures yes. or what are you talking about uh that's exactly what i'm talking about because okay. i feel like that that scares so the average person especially especially when they see like um all the aggression and it's like, mm. that's, that's not the person that they want to be. They just want to be an RMBS citizen that can defend mm-hmm. themselves if they need to. So when they just really want to know, like, the, the bare minimum, I don't want to say the bare minimum, but, like, the basics, like, what they need to know when they purchase a gun and if I'm going to keep this in my house and how often I should clean it and how often should I shoot, how often should I train, what do I do if an attacker comes in my... And that, that's the extent. <laughs> like, that's the extent. That's all they want to know. Like, they don't want to learn how to, like, running gun or anything like that because yeah. that's just where they are at that time frame like you can't be mad at them about that but i feel like sometimes we can be a little bit too pushy and it kind of scares people off because they're like i can't just put my toe in first like when i put my toe in the water they're trying to snatch me in a pool and it scares me so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna stay back here and then when you tell people you know what they need to get started um as a gun owner instead of mm-hmm. just saying hey you need to get you a good quality pistol or handgun, or shotgun, or rifle, or whatever. You need to learn basic safety. You need to learn how to keep um, children safe in your home, because essentially, you're introducing a gun to your house for the first time. It's really just a liability until you mm-hmm. actually learn what you're doing with it. So um, instead of just telling them that, it's like, no, you're not doing it right until you uh, get plates and plate carriers. Or until you got a red dot on your pistol or until you're training in the dark with flashlight. And then it's like, dang, I'm just getting started. It's like, can I right. take babies? Because it's kind of like overwhelming. Yeah. The like, flashlights are expensive, man. Especially yeah. the quality ones. And God forbid you get O-light or something. People are going to roast you online. <laughs> and what's wrong with that? Like, even me mm. as an instructor, I still don't see what's wrong with that. Like, I feel like people kind of focus on the wrong things. Like, why does that yeah. Why does that matter? Like, if that's what they can can afford mm-hmm. now at the right. time. Obviously, they're going to upgrade at some point. But, yeah. like, as soon as they get started, you're bashing them instead of helping them. That's, that's not helpful. Yeah. And uh, just, just for the tactical guys who are going to hop on here and be like, oh, light is trash. It is not <laughs> that great, um, especially because there, there's been a high rate of failure, as in the batteries will blow up. Um more often than they should which is never they should never blow up um yeah. so just just for the tactical guys out there i do know what's wrong with olight i just the, yeah hear, hear, I, I hear do, what we're saying here i we're do saying. know what's wrong with buying little rugers i do know what's wrong with buying high points but it's like you don't bash people when they're trying to get started and they don't yeah. know better like you just educate yeah. them like hey this, do it, this do may not best. be the best option Mm-hmm. I know it's what you could afford at the time, but you don't want to cheap out when it comes to self-defense. Like, you just don't want to start attacking them. I have a lot of, um, because Sky, SCCY, that, that gun, they make, like, a lot of pretty colored guns. Yeah. Trying to market to women, I guess. So I have a lot of women come to my class with Skies, and it's just like, oh, geez. I don't just immediately start roasting them. <laughs> like, that's not what they came there for. They came to oh, learn, man. so I'm going to let them use their handgun. 
and let them watch how many times it malfunctions and then like nicely suggest like at least you found out here that this gun isn't the best gun not in a real life emergency but now from this point on we can you know upgrade and look for something better quality instead of just going ham on them and like making jokes about it in class and making them uneasy like that's not the not the way to do it yeah, it, it is interesting because there's a lot of people who would love to get more involved in firearms. There's a lot of people who would love to kind of take that gun out of their closet that's been there for like three years, but it's just sitting there. You know, they inherited one and it's, you know, the community does have to go beyond, you know, cool guys on Instagram, cool guys on YouTube making videos. You know, it, the community is regular people. Mm-hmm. If we had five million new gun owners come into the industry last year, into the community rather how many of those are tactical cool guys maybe like 100 <laughs> 200 okay okay 10,000 10,000 tactical cool guys maybe maybe out of 5 mil it, it 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 would seem to me like we have an entire group of people who they're not going to be comfortable kind of taking that that step further and, and coming to see even somebody like you because they might be scared off um, from those initial impressions when they go to look up, uh, go to YouTube and be like, how to use a handgun. And they may mm-hmm. see some stuff that is just like way over their head. And yes, there's a lot of guys out there just kind of presenting it in, in, a, in a reasonable reasonable way. But more specifically, the guys on Instagram who are amazing, amazing photographers, uh, really dynamic in the way they set up their shots and you know the gear that they have is like over the moon cool like that stuff is nice yeah that might scare somebody off and i know we've said that like six times but <laughs> i mean it's, it's not like and i can't say that that's every single person's like that intention but no. i can see how it does scare off like a beginner because i wasn't yeah. a beginner. so i mean yeah. i try it's not like I'm purposefully trying um, not to post certain things, but I try to make sure that people see me as just a regular girl. Because, I mean, I am. Like, I'm just a girl who decided, who took an interest in firearms and decided to um, work on my craft and become an instructor. I'm not law enforcement. Yeah. I'm not military. I don't have a special background. Like, I'm literally just an Arkansan <laughs> that likes guns. And you know what? Started I- Sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. Okay. Yeah, no, I was. I had to check myself because one time I was going through IG, as, as one does, and I noticed there was somebody's page, and they'd been in the gun game for a while. And I was scrolling through the pictures, and I was like, and they don't have no vest, and they don't have no <laughs> this. And, don't have, and looking back, and even, even then, I think, I was like, dang. Is that what makes a like a talented or skillful you know person in in, in, uh, in like, firearms? Like, does that even make you halfway decent? Do you have to have uh, a stipple job on your on your handgun? And I'm not coming at Gucci guns. Gucci guns are sick, but that doesn't make the shooter. You know? Yeah, that doesn't exactly. make a, a a good self defender. You know, in fact, having a gun is helpful, but that's not even what makes a good self defender. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, so. And that's something I, I do want to talk to somebody about um, in regards to um, not just firearms, but kind of more deeper in the self-defense. Somebody who's you know familiar with the different martial arts that are applicable to yeah. you know just real life engagements. Not all of them are great for just fighting in the street if you have to. Um, and somebody who 
is skilled in just kind of like the survival training. Um, I would love I, to talk to somebody like that. I follow someone on Instagram and I can't even think of their name right now. Uh, I can't think of their name, but they do like Krav Maga and it's, it's a black guy. Mm-hmm. So that's like a, a self-defense discipline. And yeah. I actually took some classes myself like a couple days ago here mm-hmm. in Little Rock. Like it was like an introductory introductory beginner thing. But yeah. it was interesting to see how like different ways that you can actually stay aware and defend yourself outside of mm-hmm. going to like a permanent option. <laughs> I just couldn't. Right. And so right. definitely going to that class didn't like diminish the need for a gun for me like at all because sometimes situations call for that especially when you're kind of out outsized or like um you're just in the situation where like you're in your home and you have three four invaders like obviously you can't use your hands in that option you can but (laughs) it might result in your death so i it didn't diminish the need for firearms for me but i could see how uh how that's also important so yeah. every situation doesn't call for a firearm. So I can definitely yeah, see it. Yeah, I took Croft for a while and definitely it helped me to be more aware of mm-hmm. what, what to do in regards to like a, a, as a physical at, at a physical level, you know, because yeah. if somebody if somebody comes up behind you and grabs your arms and kind of locks you in, like, how are you going to draw? You can't do that. Exactly. It's not going to work. You kind of have um, to like leverage your body, which is kind of what that was more so about. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, there, there's a hundred ways to defend your life, and not all of them have to do with guns. And I know that's gonna offend a lot of people who watch this. Um, yeah, <laughs> there, there, there's more than one way, you know, to to defend your life. Uh, I follow follow a few bros who do um, like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and I think they I think those guys do take a little bit of heat for. I guess people think it's not applicable in a street fight. I, I'm not sure who would think that, especially if you've actually watched somebody do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like somebody who who's a practitioner who actually who actually knows what they're doing. Because mm-hmm. those boys go hard. Like, there's a reason why <laughs> MMA includes that, is because if they take you down to the ground, or even some of the standing, um, you know, standing up um, strikes, that could end your whole career. Like that stuff is. And both like both Krav Maga and kind of just working with firearms all the time has kind of trained my eyes to always pay attention to what other people's hands are doing. It's Mm -hmm. not even like it's it's not even like what what they're looking like in the face or anything like that. Like my attention always goes to people's hands because they're so telling (laughs) like about what they're about to do, like ball up fists or relaxed fingers or Mm -hmm. like simple things like that. And so I think self-defense it's not just about guns. Like it's about not only situational awareness, which, you know, instructors preach that all the time because it can prevent you from getting in situations where you would need a firearm in the first place. So it's supposed to be a last resort. You don't want to put yourself in situations and then have to shoot that. Like, that's not the point, but not just situational awareness, but also like self-awareness mm-hmm. and being aware of like how you are perceived in public can also keep you out of certain situations. Like, um, for me, like just being a woman and I know, like, I don't want the feminists to like come after me or anything like that for saying that when I go certain places, I won't wear certain things just because I'm aware of like how I'm being perceived. And I know people are like, women should be able to wear what they want to wear when they want to wear it. And I get that. 
I get that. <laughs> but I don't want the unnecessary attention on myself. Like, if I know I'm going in a certain area with a certain demographic, I'm not going to wear certain things. Or, like, if I know I'm going in a certain area at a certain time, I'm going to carry a certain type of purse as opposed to a, another type of purse. Like, just being aware of how you're perceived is also self-defense. Yeah, I mean, people people don't want to talk about that, and somebody might be offended at hearing that. But, you know, if it stings, it might be the truth. Who knows? Um, <laughs> might be. They say said, truth hurts. Uh, yeah, the truth hurts. Um, um, yeah, no, it's, it is interesting. And just kind of not piggybacking off of that specifically, but kind of going deeper into it. We've seen a lot of folks, um, not just um, black folks specifically, but, you know, a lot of different folks get in situations um not just with the police but you know with with their with their fellow man um who isn't in law enforcement situations yeah. uh just straight up murder situations like the what happened in uh philly in the beginning of the year where there was like a snow shoveling situation and they oh, got, yeah, somebody got that. mad and somebody got they they started um the neighbor who got mad started shooting the couple and y'all could look that up if you want to it, it was pretty bad um and even going into some of the situations that happen where you might see a young man get pulled over and it just kind of goes bad kind of quick. Yeah. Um, there's, there's so many things that can happen to, to a person. And like what you were saying, situational awareness and presenting yourself does have a lot to do with kind of what will happen next. Sometimes there are things that are unavoidable and that's, yeah. that's understandable. But let's let's talk about that a little bit. What do you what do you think about um, more specifically interactions with law enforcement and how um, we can do our best to just kind of minimize contact as we're going through? Well, I think first of all, wait, okay, so this is kind of two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, minimizing contact in the first place. Uh, we should be able to police our own communities. And we say that a lot and it sounds cliche to like just hear it say it again. But and it's it's not that I'm one of those people that think the police should be hundred percent defunded or anything like that. But I do think that there's a time and a place for calling law enforcement and a lot of the time it's not necessary for them to be called. <laughs> like if that makes sense. And the yeah. one thing like I I'm not trying to like rehash this whole conversation because I know that um, uh, Tangie Mm -hmm. talked about this or whatever on Clubhouse and I think she mentioned it she mentioned it on Instagram live she did mention it on this show yeah and she yeah 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 okay I'm like halfway through with y'all's interview and I haven't finished watching it yet I tried to before this (laughs) but like yeah that's cool it's cool so she mentioned it on there where she was talking about that and basically how that interaction with law enforcement should have gone differently and if anything could have been prevented and she was basically like called coon for like speaking common sense so it's like I'm not trying to um, go like rehash the whole conversation because we get it like we get it it could have been handled differently but the mm-hmm. point is in a situation like that with the parents being out there the police didn't have to be called in the first place the yeah. parents should have been able to handle that situation and it could have been people sent in the house and the situation was over. Like I know my mom, um, growing up, if I was out in the streets fighting with some people, she would have came out there and put her foot down and <laughs> like sent me in the house, 
called everybody's parents, sent them home, and it's over. Like, instead Dang, of participating. You was fighting? You was fighting these folks? No, no, this is a hypothetical situation. I was okay, never back okay. But mm, yeah. About uh, to say. About to say. So, baby kids. Listen, I wasn't that bad. But listen, like, it, it didn't have to go that far, is all I'm saying. If the parents were parenting instead of participating. But. Yeah. As far as like interacting Ooh, with parenting um, instead of participating, say it again for the people <laughs> in the back. Oh Lord. But Ooh. okay. So this is the thing. I feel like in our interactions with law enforcement, like ego yeah. gets in the way a lot. Yeah. When we should be just plain and cool. Like it's a lot of things that we as black people we cannot afford to do interacting with law enforcement. And I see it online a lot. Like Someone will share a video of like um, a, a white person's encounter with law enforcement and just hypothetically speaking on how it would have went differently if this person was black. Well, like, I need us to understand that we are not white. <laughs> so it's never going to go that way if we act that way with law enforcement. And as soon as we like realize that, we can move on. Like, we can come up with different solutions instead of just always having a problem. Like, we can have solutions. Like, yeah. unfortunately, we can't afford to interact with law enforcement the way white people do. We're not white. Like, history of America has shown us that. So I feel like we have to put our ego to the side and all these, um, this parallelism with the culture that, that we're not the same as and just put our egos to yeah. the side when dealing with law enforcement. So I actually got pulled over, like, uh, Last this past Saturday. On Saturday. So, yeah. Did you speed left foot. <laughs> it it was definitely my fault. I wasn't speeding, but I ran a red light because I wasn't paying attention. So I was um not. Mm. I just moved to the area that I'm in now. Mm-hmm. And so I was basically looking at my GPS, trying to find a shortcut to the post office instead of like hopping on the freeway. Are you you gonna you gonna go through the whole story? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Fine. So, do your thing. Okay. <laughs> like um. This car next to me, you know, when like the light is red, but then like a car next to me starts moving. So you're kind of like, oh, I can go too. But I didn't yeah. actually look up and my light wasn't oh green. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I and just, you just like, went through it. Yeah, drove through the light. And I was oh, thinking, geez. let me just slow down real quick. Hopefully it wasn't a cop behind me. And I looked back and it was the cop right behind me. But he saw the whole thing, like just my legs. And he pulled me over. And what the cop said to me, basically in Arkansas, we have a law where if you have a concealed carry license and you have a gun on you, you have to disclose that to the police. That's yeah. not the case in every state, but it is here. So you mm-hmm. have to tell them that you have a gun in the car. If the you obligation have to disclose. Exactly. So I gave him my license, registration, gun license, all that. He asked me, did I have my weapon in the car? I said, yes. And he asked me, where was it? And when I'm driving, um, normally like my firearm is kind of like appendix area like right here dead center mm-hmm. but when i'm driving i put it on all the way on the side like next to the door so when they tell me to reach over here and get my license and registration i'm not reaching in the same direction i just told them my weapon is in like you know they don't have anything to be worried about <laughs> so he was basically like uh i told him i had it and it was like over here and he said um well don't reach for yours and i won't reach for mine like he really said that to me. Okay. <laughs> so like I was just like, obviously. Was, was like, he joking? I hope he was joking. He I was mean, dead I'm not. Serious. I'm not trying to make excuses for him. No, he but was dead that, serious. But it's like that's, God, that's the social climate, and I was just like, and instead yeah, that's of getting 
listen, instead of getting angry or like starting to like snap back at him because black people cannot afford to do that. I was just like, obviously. And I like clasped my hands like behind my seat, you know, like how you do like this. But except I was leaning back in my seat and I kind of just rested in there. So the whole time he could see my hands. Even when he walked behind my car, he could see my hands. It's like, obviously, I'm not going to reach for my gun in this political climate. Like, what do you mean? Ultimately, he didn't end up giving me a ticket at all. He was just like, all right, pass me to the light next time. You know, have a good day. I'm going to give you a warning. But I feel like yeah. because the interaction went so smoothly and I wasn't confrontational or argumentative or like, like anything like that. And I could have been. Yeah. Because why did you say that to me? But it, yeah, it's just not yeah. necessary. I mean, it's a time and a place for everything. Like, I, I know this is an understatement, but that's way inappropriate. Like, yes. yo, like, what what are you saying? <laughs> right. Like, I would hope that he said that with a big smile, just joking, like, ha, 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 don't reach for yours. I won't reach for mine. You know, like, okay. just messing around. And even just if he like, said it jokingly, that's not funny. Like, but that's he a had bad a thing face. to say. That's, I mean, it's a bad joke, but at least it was a joke. No, not a joke. He was being dead serious. Dead serious. So I'm just like, okay, yeah, obviously. And then the interactions just went from there. Like, but obviously that's a, a messed up say, thing to say to no, a black person I mean, in this that's, climate. That's completely disrespectful. Like, but I'm it. not going to, like, make it a big deal because I want to go yeah. home at the end of the day. Like, ego to the side. Like, I don't want this to turn into something it's not. So I yeah, just so like, I got caught up in the, in the disrespect for a moment. Exactly, <laughs> so. and I feel like that's the problem. Like, not that, not that that's the problem right now because we're just mm-hmm. you're not there with the cop. But you right. know what I mean. Like, right. you can't always like show your hand, like just play it cool and just leave. That's it. Mm-hmm. Since the point is, you made it out of the situation and you're getting back home. That's yeah, it. something something that I make a point of doing is knowing exactly where. Um, my my wallet and my insurance information is and I can usually get my insurance stuff on my phone and as I'm being pulled over like as I'm I'm not pulling over right right then I'm gonna take 10 seconds to reach in grab my wallet because I usually keep it like center console if anyone wants to yep. try to find my wallet it's, it's probably there but if you find it I'm gonna have to do something about it okay okay so I'll just put it right on the dash with my phone. And if I have time to reach for the actual paperwork, I'll reach up there as well. I don't need to record the situation. I don't I don't feel like I need to because I, I feel like I can finesse anything. Not everybody's built like that, though. Yeah. Not everybody's built in that situation. But you know what? There could be a day where you run across somebody who is um, just itching for a, a good time or a bad time or whatever it is. Just not in the in, in a frame of mind that is appropriate or reasonable for you know a member of the peace officer corps you know, yeah like police or whatever whatever position you're in if you are serving the public like you got to have a good head on your shoulders and every once in a while you run across somebody who does not mm-hmm. so that's I, I feel like i could finesse that too but yeah you know. like i brief, briefly considered pulling out my phone and i was like you know what i'm not trying to like uh exacerbate the situation can we <laughs> so, talk about that for a second because i've yes. been seeing a lot of like little videos of these um lawyers and the majority of them are white uh and there's nothing wrong with being white in case people are wondering um and they're lawyers and they have like little videos uh, like 30 40 seconds kind of explaining what do you need to do to survive a traffic stop and i'm like what is going on, first of all? And they have, like, this this kid, this dark It's the fact that that shouldn't kid. even be a thing. Why do we have to think about surviving traffic stops? 
I, I mean, it's, it shouldn't be like that. I mean, first of all, it shouldn't be like that. And it's a shame that the people who have tragically been killed or murdered um, during traffic stops for doing things that are seemingly innocu- in, in, innocuous. Um, <laughs> sorry, my, my SAT word got stuck. And, you know, they're just kind of doing normal-ish things or they do something slightly dumb, but... It's not. Maybe, it doesn't warrant death. Like right. It's not. A, it's not a death thing. It's a. Oh man. If you know. If you get slapped on the wrist, that's one thing. Um, but just kind of going back to the lawyer thing, like they'll be like, so you know, you can start recording the police officer by putting your phone on the dash and this and that, and then you want to say, okay, officer, I'm reaching for my stuff. I'm like, yo, just tell him to put this stuff on the dash. Put <laughs> everything on the dash. That, because that's just the way I, I do it personally. And so yeah. I get kind of annoyed when I see people saying, okay, tell the officer you're going to reach for something in yeah. a place where he cannot see. I'm like, yo, we know what happens when when people who are scared or have itchy trigger fingers see people reaching into dark areas of the car. Mm-hmm. That's like almost a perfect excuse. It's, a, it's like what you just said. It may be smarter to just in the process of you getting pulled over, stop and put out every pull out everything you think you're gonna need and put mm-hmm. it on the dashboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but you don't have to reach for anything while the police are there. Right, I'm Nothing. not trying to reach for anything because you know what? I have a concealed carry license. You know, I'm I carry a gun. Like, here's here's something that I'm I'm not afraid of this because I don't, I don't have a victim mentality like that. Like I don't think I'm gonna leave my house and get shot, or I'm gonna have an encounter with the police today and get killed. Like, that's not the way I'm built. I don't think like that. And I think if you do think like that, you may need, um, like most of us do, a little bit of therapy because mm-hmm. the trauma is real. The trauma is real, and there's no shame in admitting that. You know, if you have fears like that that are like bothering you, keeping you up at night, um, that maybe. You should talk to somebody about that. Yeah. But, and someone might get mad and unsubscribe or cancel me for that, but I said what I said. I mean, I, I try, I'm the same way. Like, I try not to subscribe to that whole victim mentality thing. And it's hard. Like, it's hard when that's all you see, <laughs> like, day you in see. and day out. Day on social, day whether out. it's on social media or on the news or in real life, like, it, it's hard when that's all you see. But it's kind of like, if I move, how I'm supposed to, and of course, like what, how you said, some things are just unavoidable. Some things are going to happen because they were always going to happen. Gonna happen. Like, but if you if you know you're always moving the way you're supposed to be moving, if you're avoiding confrontation, if you're not not letting your ego get in the way in situations that you can easily just skirt through and walk out of, like then, I mean, I don't leave the house thinking I might die today. I leave the house thinking I'm going to come back home. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to do anything that I need to do to get back home. Like that's it. That's, I mean, that's what it. That's what it is. Yeah. Like if you if you inhibit me from getting back home, you might not get back home. But, but I'm going home. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm going home. At least temporarily until court. Hey, I mean, I got I got firearms uh, insurance. I keep it because yeah. God knows. I mean, if you if you invest money in a gun, you should invest money in training. Exactly. Hit up uh, Fearless Firearms, um, aka Des, aka Nina De La Flores, mm-hmm. and uh, you know get some get some insurance because you know two hundred bucks a year. Or less. Nothing. Will try to make sure that you know you don't have a two hundred thousand dollar bill when it comes to having. To Always get, say on my taxes, uh, like y'all spend that on bundles, y'all spend that on box braids, like mm. every other month. <laughs> so is your life not worth just, that much? Like is your freedom spend the, spend, not worth spend that the much? Twenty bucks a month. It's spend not the that twenty serious. bucks a month. Skip, skip the Chipotle, skip the McDonald's, 
skip the soul food run, like skip it one time. It's not good for you anyway. So for being real, <laughs> as much as we love it. Yes. So, hard, hard facts of life. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, that's the thing. Man, it's like, man, let's, let's do what we got to do to get home. And if something crazy happens, don't let people say, oh, well, he had it coming. Oh, well, he lived in such a way where, you know, that was his lifestyle anyway. So it made sense that something bad would have happened. Like, first of all, I hate to hear that because yeah. that's discounting everything the person is today. But do your best to live in such a way that people can't second guess you. People can't yeah. question you. Like, you know, I know your mom will always say, your mom is always going to say, oh, he was a good kid. Yeah, but you, you make sure that it. you is a good. You make sure you are a good kid, though. Cause yeah. at the end of the day, like I need you to grow up to be a member of my community. You know, I, I need you to be one of the old heads, the OGs, just running this place. Yeah. I don't need to hear about you dying. You know, future leaders just getting killed. And I'm not saying that people won't still act crazy and still um, put you in a bad situation. Period. You know. It's a hard conversation because so. sometimes people do everything right and still end up in situations that, yes. like, And I hope people don't hear me saying that and hear, like, oh, well, what about those guys who did everything right? Well, yes, some people, people are going to hear what they want right. to hear anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, but, you know, like, Ricky, that always makes me sad. Boys in the hood, do everything yeah. you're supposed to do, still end up in bad situations. It happens, like, yeah. everything isn't avoidable, but you can take steps to make sure yeah. you, you know that you're not put in bad situations and that you're not yeah. I'll tell you what I think we need to put more effort into actually investing into our, our young people you know like we we always talk about like oh our schools are trash oh our after school programs don't exist oh are this are that you know just complaining when I say we um, different communities that are, are are struggling with different things but specifically um, the black community that is complaining about their situation, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm right there. We need to do more to invest in our kids, period. And think of ways to do that. So for myself, um, I'm not going to get into too much detail, but I make sure that I'm actually uh, volunteering and working in positions that I can actually touch the next generation with, you know, wisdom, knowledge, love, all the things that they need to kind of come up to be something other than what's expected. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I train children. And sometimes, I, I can't say that I've gotten a lot of pushback about it, but sometimes I do. And they're like, why are you, so the age limit at the race that I train at is six. And so people are like, why do kids that young, you know, need to even know about guns? Like, why are you introducing them to guns at such a young age? And it's like, I didn't. Because half the time when, the, when they get there, they already know about them. <laughs> so it's like, I wasn't the introduction. Awesome. The thing is, they had an improper introduction before they got here. So wouldn't you rather them have a proper one? Like, kids are going to get introduced to firearms, whether their parents like it or not. Um, video games, like, TV, watching TV. I mean, that's Nerf the easy gun. one right there. Nerf, Nerf guns. You buy them Nerf guns. Like, you let them play with water guns. So they know the concept of pulling out a gun and pointing at someone and pointing it at someone and pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. Like, because you in at, like, 
not necessarily purposefully introduced them to it, but you and I readily introduced them to the concept of firearms. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. I'm not your introduction. I'm not the I mean, we have a militarized society. Like, we yes. have toys to teach children how to kill. Like, I have nine-year-old <laughs> kids that come to me, and they already know the gist of guns. Like, they're nine, and they pick it up. Like, um, one kid even knew all the proper terminology. <laughs> he was like, uh, this is the magazine. He said magazine. He said a clip. Which he said I, magazine. I, he was. They said magazine. I was impressed. So he said it's the magazine. I put the bullets in here, right? He didn't know which way to put it in there, so I showed him. Um, and he put it into the gun. He was like, "I'm not going to point it this way." I was like, "You're right. Don't point it that way." He pointed it down range, and he pulled the trigger. But as soon as he pointed it down range, he pulled the trigger. <laughs> so I had to like. He knew the concept already. I didn't introduce him to that. Like I'm just trying to make sure he's safe around guns if he ever encounters one like i'm not teaching yeah. him how to kill nobody but i feel like yeah. feel like that's a, a touchy subject for the black community because so many of us are like guns are bad or even my own grandma so like jokingly calls me a thug for like dealing with guns on a day-to-day basis because they just have yeah they just have like this um this bad like connotation in the black mm-hmm. community so you immediately think Guns, that's a bad person. Or guns with kids. Like, why are you teaching kids that? They don't need to know that. And they need no, to know how to be know. safe. Yeah. If you're going to have a gun in the house and not lock it up because you're not taking classes. <laughs> so, you like, say, even my grandma calls me a thug. I'm going to take that on t-shirt. That's she, crazy. She does. And, like, I, I know she's joking, but it's, like, it's just the fact that she? it's the... Con- exactly. Like, are you down with <laughs> It's just the fact that it's the connotation that that guns have in our community like nobody really yeah. thinks of it as a good thing you kind of have to train their brains to see them as a see it as a positive thing for them yeah yeah no that that is that is interesting um but yeah i mean a lot of the instructors or at least a few instructors that i've met and some that have been on the show talked about their first time black instructors specifically dealing with a gun was in a negative context versus a lot of the non-black instructors specifically the white instructors that i've dealt with um have the first time they shot a gun oh they were 12 they were seven they were maybe up down to the age of four years old shooting 22s in the backyard they got the first bb gun at this age they bought their first gun as soon as they were legally able to um they've always lived in a free state they you know they they've generally been uh welcome around such things and versus a lot of a lot of people that i know who are in the firearms community today but they did not grow up in it either because they lived in a state where it's mm-hmm. urban, like an urban city slash state and it's highly illegal. Um, but yet they still ran into firearms. They still ran into a, a, a drug dealer or a gangster or whatever, like an, a legit thug. Um, and that's the first time they saw a gun is but before the age of 10 years old, which, you know, I, I don't care how old you are. You can, you can be introduced to firearms However, if you're introduced to firearms associated or affiliated with crime, that uh, that tarnishes it, especially when the only time your parents or your grandparents think about firearms and people in your community think about firearms is associated with crime. Mm-hmm. So when crime happens to them, they don't think, all right, I'm going to defend myself. They think, oh, I got to be a victim. Oh, man, it's a gun. I'm done. Oh, man, yeah. we gotta, hopefully we can survive and we can maybe call the police hopefully maybe or you could have your own and or you could have your own and defend <laughs> like, yourself and exactly. get out of bad but situations because like you're training that's not even an option in so many people that's not an option like, I just I don't know I'm really trying I'm trying to 
to change that. But yeah, yeah I, I come from a non gun family, so yeah. I didn't even see a gun like growing up at all in my house. I didn't see a gun for the first time until I was like 18. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I was never, I never even saw them as kids cause I didn't come from a gun family. Nobody owned one. Nobody saw the need to own one. Like I grew up in a neighborhood where like my grandma would just leave her door unlocked all day long. Like, and people would just walk in and out cause she's, she's well known. Like, in um, her neighborhood, so everybody wants to stop by and see Miss Parker, and they just walk in and walk out. Like nobody ever saw the the need for it. Mm-hmm. I never saw them <laughs> until I was an adult myself. But it's like yeah. it, it's so many. Technically, an adult. It's so many kids who get introduced to them way like too young in the wrong way, and right. that's what scares me. Like just from their friends, like they're mm-hmm. fourteen and fifteen years old, and their friends came across a gun somehow. Listen, I've met 14-year-olds who claimed that they had firearms. I'm like, really? They're like, yeah, I carry it for protection. I'm like, oh, for real? Okay. How did you get it? Well, <laughs> like, that's a great question. Like, I, I don't, at that point, you know, you could ask a bunch of questions or you cannot, but, you know, because you're liable for every little thing you know. That said, um, I, I'll leave that there just in case anybody's wondering. I'm, I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> Um, that said, it's um, it's crazy. It's crazy, crazy, crazy because we have, like you said, 14-year-olds who either have or they have friends who have. Um, shoot, the first time I saw a firearm, I was probably I was probably 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was this, uh, there was this guy, and it was kind of far away, but I, I knew what I was looking at. Um, this This high school kid who was involved in a bunch of mess. Not not a black kid, by the way. Um, just another kid um, was involved in a bunch of mess, and he had knives, he had guns. Um, he was just, he was a real thug. Like, if we're talking about thugs, he was a thug. <laughs> and it's like, dang. I was exposed to firearms in the wrong way. You know? Yeah. Because the first time I saw a gun up close... Like no no that I'm I'm lying I, I shot a gun before that but I saw a family member with a firearm and I was like is that real what what you mean is that real clearly it's real it was sitting there it was um he had a Glock probably like a 19 or 17 mm-hmm. and I was like is that real just thinking like that can't be real because <laughs> why would you have that exactly. the guy was in the military he was in the military he can have a, I mean not that only military guys can have firearms and I think yeah. there's a weird misconception in people's minds like oh if you go to the military you're going to be super into firearms and you're going to know everything about guns you're going to know gun laws definitely not a the case not the case and <laughs> this is no disrespect to all the wonderful men and women who have served but oh, there's yeah. a lot of wonderful men and women who barely touched a rifle like they spent most of their time cooking you know thank them for I, I thank them for serving the country in that way yeah but that doesn't make you a weapons expert i trained a lot so, i trained a lot of uh, people who were in the military like active mm-hmm. duty like they come when they i guess uh are home they come for classes and stuff like that but a lot of them don't know about handguns which is what you right. would primarily conceal because they shoot like mm-hmm. uh right. rifles like um mm-hmm. what is it like m4s or m16s yeah, M4s or yeah. they shoot those and so when it comes to handguns, they're just like, it's, it's not familiar. <laughs> like, it's a foreign concept. They understand safety and they get the basics because they've handled guns, but they don't really, yeah. they don't understand accuracy with a handgun, with a pistol. So it's like, yeah. 
definitely in a lot been ways in it's a, harder. Yeah, it is. It's definitely harder. Being in the military does not automatically make you a weapons expert. Like, yeah. I mean, people don't understand that. Maybe in a particular discipline. Right. Yeah. Right. There's people who, <laughs> but, who do but not all across the board. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, let's let's talk about kind of what you have planned next for your business, and then I'm gonna let you go. Um. You know, first of all, I'm in the process of trying to purchase land. Eventually, I'm going to want to build on it, um, build my own range. So I'm working on that, saving towards that. But it's like a five-year plan. It's not like next year I'm going to do this. Um, just so reach people more people. should definitely keep supporting you. Yes. And then uh, just reach more people in the Little Rock, Arkansas, like uh, help more people see the need for firearms yeah. and for self-defense and gun ownership and the need for training because a lot of people do see the need for guns, but they don't see the need for spending money on training. <laughs> so like you I'm, I'm trying right. to, yeah, I'm trying to get people in that, that mind frame and introduce more people to that. But other than that, I'm just enjoying like being a business for myself and teaching women what I've learned so far, men and women, but you know, primarily women, what I've learned, yeah. sharing the knowledge, that's it. Yeah. For those who, who made it this far, please keep in mind that if you bought a gun last year during the pandemic, when it was a reasonable time to go buy that first gun, please keep in mind that you do need training, whether you're required to have a license to carry or not. Um, Des is always going on about y'all spend $500 on a handgun, but we don't spend $100 <laughs> on training. And she, yes. she's joking, but she's being serious. And I'm being serious. Like, serious. This is, this is my serious face. Like, <laughs> you do need to invest in some training. Yes. Like, there's, there are some people who can, they have, uh, like, they're in gun clubs and they have trainers available to them and this and this and that. And they have mentors and whatnot. You know, that's cool. But invest in some real, real training that will get you to that next level. Hands-on um, training definitely matters. Like, I would even say yeah. you can start with YouTube. Like, YouTube is a good resource sometimes. Obviously, you have to mm -hmm. vet the people that you're listening to on YouTube, just like you would vet yeah, in your real life. But YouTube is a good starting point. If you're not ready to jump, like, head first, hands-on with a gun, with an instructor in person, like, just start watching videos on YouTube. Just learn basic safety. Learn how to clean your particular gun and take it apart and learn how to look at your sights and how to properly pull the trigger before you go to the range and actually do it because then at least mm -hmm. some of it is familiar so I'm not even going to discount YouTube videos as a source of education for firearms like you can start there that's free but you need some type of hands-on training eventually yeah <laughs> like you can't I mean, just you watch can YouTube fire all day yes you can't just watch YouTube and put the gun at the top of the closet like that's not going to save your life so mm -hmm. you definitely need to go train in person it's not going to cut it yeah. yeah you can you can watch YouTube videos and dry fire all day in the house which is just uh, pulling the trigger on an empty gun but at the end of the day at the end of the day you do need to invest in you know hands-on instruction to make sure that you can effectively apply effectively apply everything that you've been teaching yourself and everything that you've learned in an in-class situation and there's there's a lot of stuff that can be talked about in classes especially um uh, uh with instructors that maybe would kind of cater to you specifically as as an individual you know you, you would not believe how how much effort goes into planning one of these classes i know you you mm. and all the other uh 
instructors are putting a lot of time into the curriculum to make sure mm-hmm. it's worth people's time. Because I think that that's been my personally my biggest fear. Like at least coming up is like, okay, well, you know, is it going to be worth my time? I know specifically you do. You put a lot of time into making sure that you're bringing quality. Yeah. So thank you for that. I try because uh, we do have. Um, I'm obviously not going to drop any names, but like over the last year or so, I've come to realize that there are a lot of instructors here locally that just don't really care about um, what people leave knowing. It's more so about I got paid. So, you know, that's it. <laughs> like, here's your yeah. certificate and you already paid me. I don't care if you don't get it yet, but class is over. You got what you came for. Um, even my, so my mom-in-law, uh, she got her license actually before I became an instructor. So, uh, I went to the one that issued it to her, but she told me when she went to the range with me for like a private training session, I was teaching her how to, um, what was I showing her how to do? Align her sights. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, I was teaching her how to, um, load her magazine. And she was like, he didn't show me how to do this, but he gave her a gun license. <laughs> like what like what are you doing like so what if, what if you have to load this at home by yourself like he loaded it for her inserted the magazine into the gun racked the slide and was like just pull the trigger like that's it that's it and then he gave her her license great. yeah effective training so it's like right. I, I try to uh, do my classes to where people are actually learning something even before we go to the range we do we do dry fire like in class just to show people what that's like yeah and we get the fundamentals down dry. Then we go to the range and practice fundamentals live. It's like, I don't just do everything for them and hand them a gun and say, shoot, <laughs> that's not training. So be yeah. careful about who you're going to for training and what they're actually teaching, what, like what you leave knowing. If all you did was pull the trigger and say, I had fun, then it's like, what did you really learn, though? Like you just shot a gun mm-hmm. for the first time. That's it. Like you could have did that in your backyard. <laughs> like you could have did that mm-hmm. by yourself. You know, like make sure you're actually getting quality training when you go for these licenses and these instructional courses. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, Des Destiny, uh, Nina De La Flores. Thank you so much for, for coming on Costly Conversations. For those who who want to look you up, who want to see what you're all about, can you tell people how they can find you? So I just finally made a Facebook. I haven't been on Facebook in like seven years, but I finally made another page for my business. And it's Fearless Firearm Instructions. That's it. Um, Fearless Firearms Instructions. Yes. I'm on... Instructions. Yeah, Instructions. I'm on Instagram. It's Nina De La Flores. That just means flower child in Spanish. Like, my mom used to call me that. So, it's Nina De La Flores. Like, that's it. People are like, what does it have to do with your business? Like, that's what it means. I just don't want to change it because it's, like, stuck now. And people have even started, like, calling me Nina as a nickname. And I'm just, I am just answered to it, like, whatever. Like, Low that's, key. that's cool. That's my Low 2A key. name. So, <laughs> I, I roll with it, like, whatever. So. That's your 2A name. Yeah, we all have a 2A name. Exactly. Yeah. And it's cool because Nina, like, like 9mm. Like, you know, like the nickname. I get it. And that's why on Twitter, my name is 9mm Desk. So, don't follow me on Twitter if you're, like, weak-hearted because... It's spicy on Twitter. It's spicy (laughs) on Twitter. But follow me on Twitter if you don't care, or if you want to cancel me and find a reason to. If you do not care, follow Nina Della Flores on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, if you do not care. But yeah, so just kind of, kind of getting back to wrapping it up. You said Facebook and Instagram. Do you have any other? 
Nothing, nope. nothing else. That's it. Facebook, no, no YouTube yet. Instagram, what? Twitter. No YouTube yet. I'm working on it. Okay. Like I'm gonna first. I okay. gotta get my setup together. You see, I'm using books. That's my stand. <laughs> so we'll just let me get a stand and a it. camera. Like it's okay because I like this book. Like it's fine. But yeah, I'm gonna work on that eventually. There you go. Well, people should definitely keep up with what you're doing because you are pretty awesome and you're definitely putting out good wisdom into the world. Uh, not from a bad place either, from, from definitely a good place. So we appreciate that. Thank you for coming on Costly Conversations. Uh, if you want to look her up, definitely check below for the links. If you've made it this far, please go ahead and drop a like on the video if you haven't already. And of course, subscribe. And for those who are uh, listening on the podcast, if you just go ahead and like hit subscribe or follow or whatever the link is, and please share with your friends. And obviously, make sure that if you're in the Arkansas area, I don't care if you got to drive five, six hours, go hit up Des, Fearless Firearms Instruction. Make sure that you are uh, helping people out in the community. That's a big deal to me. Des, stay armed and dangerous. Thank you. You too. Good night. Thank you.